What the heck? This is Danny DeHeck, your host. Let me entertain you. Today we'll be talking about some tips that I think I can help uh, share with people who are battling with loneliness. Now bear in mind, I'm not a professional. Uh, I've got quite a few personal stories myself. But one thing I did find really hard to deal with was loneliness. And I live a different lifestyle now, and it would be true to say I don't really have loneliness now to deal with. In fact, I quite enjoy the time I have by myself, would you believe? So have you ever been in that situation where you may feel, if I died today, would anyone really miss me? You know, um, you might have lost your inhibitions, your drive, and your sense of belonging. You may not have any real direction. And more importantly, you may not feel like you have a purpose on the planet, which obviously can be quite hard. My uh, wife, which I thought I was happily married, asked me for a divorce. And quite soon after that, literally within 24 hours, I had a burst appendix. I didn't know what was happening. I did go to the doctor and asked him to check around my stomach and he said he thought I had a compacted bowel and sent me home. So it was a interesting time. Here I am in my head going, oh my goodness, I've got to go through a divorce. I was living in the country. We had quite a nice house. Uh, I was a website developer and we had a good lifestyle. We used to work from satellite and I was into target shooting and my wife at the time was into uh, horses and uh, little did I know she'd been actually planning the divorce um, for about eight months prior but she did care about me and but she never sort of had the guts to bring it up and when she did and told me it was a shock to me but to her it was a kind of a relief that she'd finally got this thing of her chest um, and the ironic thing she'd also come up with a a cunning plan to be able to keep the the property because I always told my wife if we wanted to maintain the same lifestyle that we have we'd need to sell the business for two million dollars at least so that we could live off uh, the monies at the time and so she took that as that the business was worth two million dollars so her big proposal was to uh, get me to sell my half of the business uh, to a, a business partner and the million dollars that she got, she would use to maintain the lifestyle that we'd created together. So imagine all those thoughts going through your head. It was quite a shocking time. Had a very public and a messy divorce like we all do. Um, so I moved out of the, the family home and I found a place in Rangiora because I used to live about 25 minutes away from Rangiora. And I got myself a beautiful one-bedroom apartment. And I lived upstairs and I had my office set up below downstairs. And just to top it off, the apartment was conveniently located 10 metres from a railway line. So every morning at quarter past four in the morning, the train would fly past and toot its horn just before it hit the lights down the road. So I did struggle quite a lot because when you go through a separation, which is often a time that you really find it difficult to come to terms, what's your purpose, what it's all about, and trying to find yourself and all your 
couple friends seem to stay away because they don't want to get involved in the divorce and, and and it was a terrible time and I'm sure a lot of people listening have actually gone through divorces and can really um, uh, share that um, sentiments. So I wanted to share with you today some of the things that I did to help um, battle my loneliness. So the first thing I did is I started going to the local pub and I would sit there and I'd have a few beers. I'd go down on Wednesday night and then I'd go down Thursday night. And then Friday night was more exciting because there's a lot of people around. And um, I started looking at the people that were at the pub and I thought, I hope I don't look like them. You know, they were drinking a couple of pints a night. Um, then you start drinking quite heavily and you do go home and uh, sleep quite well after a few drinks. But when you find yourself doing that every day, it's certainly um, not a good thing. So then I thought, well, I've got no one to talk to. Uh, because I was internet savvy, so I started up a website called Separation. Separation.co.nz. And my goal was to help like-minded people and uh, you know exchange stories and help other people who are going through divorces. Because it's a really solemn time going through divorce and not having anyone to share your stories with. So I did set up a website and eventually it turned into about 800 people and they were really desperate, worse than I were. So a tip to you, you may be sitting here listening to this and yeah, I'm, I'm lonely, I'm quite sad and I just don't know what to do. I don't feel like doing anything. But the good thing is if you start finding other people and start trying to help others... Instead of worrying and putting yourself in that um, the situation where you feel like you can't help anyone, go find somebody to help. And uh, you'll find that will help you at the same time. Then I thought, well, I'll get involved in the community. So I thought I'd join the local fire brigade because they were really quite cool lads. And um, yeah, so, yeah, so I went along and uh, I did that for about two or three months. And they said, oh, you've got to sort of see whether you're up to speed and then we'll let you know whether you can join. And then they rejected me. <laughs> they didn't want me. And, um, oh, that was hard to deal with, you know. So the next thing is um, I had to find something else. So I went to the doctor and I said, look, Chris, who's my doctor, who'd misdiagnosed me. <laughs> and I said, you know, life ain't going that well for me. I'm not depressed, I'm not suicidal, however, I just feel like I'm a bit down and I'm probably, probably a bit sad, you know, I suppose I am depressed, and you know what he said to me, <laughs> he said, what are you driving, and I said, what, he said, what are you driving, I said, oh, Suzuki Swift, and he said, Danny, you've always had nice cars, and he said, get out of my office and go buy yourself a new car. So that was exciting. So I went and got myself a brand new HSV Holden. Good investment. <laughs> $80,000. Two years later, I sold that for $42,000. Um, I lease vehicles. It wasn't probably the, the best idea to go and get an expensive vehicle when I was struggling to get my business uh, pumping again. However, it did put the swing back in my step. And I had people saying to me, it's good to see you back on um, your feet, Danny. 
even if I did um, struggle with the idea. Another thing I did, spent more money. <laughs> I want to turn my phone off. One minute. Uh, can't reach the phone. One thing I did next was uh, I booked a trip to um, Vietnam. And uh, went on a, a bit of a solemn, uh, I can't even say the word. If you're listening, I've got dyslexia and I have real problems pronouncing words. But I decided that I'd go on a trip. And I basically uh, fl uh, flew to the top end of Vietnam and made my way down to the bottom. And I, it was no real, I just had a date to be at the bottom. And I, that was really good for me. And I actually, even though I were battling with loneliness, um, traveling solo is actually quite neat because you'd go to a lot of bars and you'd meet people and you'd practice your people skills with strangers. So if you got it wrong, it didn't really matter. But a really good way if you're struggling to um, fit into a crowd, because I am actually that guy that will go into a crowded bar and I won't introduce myself very often. I'd rather sit there and watch people. And that, that feeling of loneliness it doesn't really help when you're that way. But when I felt brave enough, I'd uh, sit close to people and I'd just walk up to them and put my hand out and say, oh, g'day, my name's Danny. And that would start a conversation. And you'd look for ways um, you could pay somebody a compliment. You could say, oh, I like your top. Did you get that on your travels? Or where have you guys come from today? And look for the things you could talk about or what are you drinking? Um, you know, and a really good one if you're struggling to talk and you're in a group of people, ask people how do you guys know each other and often people like telling that story and it's also quite good if you're nosy if you look if you're single like I were at the time you could find it all the single ladies <laughs> but yeah asking questions and um, putting yourself outside your normal environment don't wallow at home feeling sorry for yourself it will not help uh, what did I do then so I went to Vietnam Okay, so then I, I moved um, to a new town, and I had a fresh beginning. So the story was, I I've uh, had a motel called Americano down in Picton, and I got a phone call from the new owner, and he said, Hi, I'm Chris. He said, uh, uh, he said I want to update something on the website. He said, is it possible to get together and do that? I said, sure. I said, um, when would be a good time? He said, uh, and I said, how about 3 o'clock tomorrow? And he goes, Okay, that'd be great, thanks. Half an hour later, he rings me up and he goes, you realise um, you, you're in Rangura, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, you're going to come all the way to Picton to have a meeting with me tomorrow. And I said, yes. And he said, why? And I said, because the last three or four people that have owned this motel, I get sick of all the correspondence via email telling them what I actually do. So I went down there, met this guy, and we got on like a house on fire. And um, he was quite wealthy, and he is quite ambitious, and he was the type of person I liked working with. So the next weekend, I went back again. The following weekend, I went back again. Four or five weeks later, I'm going to Picton every weekend. He said, why don't you move here? And I couldn't answer that question. And I said, well, I've always had a business where I could be, you know, fortunate I could work from anywhere, kind of. And my clients wouldn't miss me. So he got me a lovely... Um, it cost me the office I was renting in Rangura was four hundred dollars a week, and because I was going there off season, I managed. He managed to get me a place that was three hundred and fifty dollars rented for three hundred and fifty dollars per night, for four hundred dollars a week off season. So I moved down there for five weeks, and it was really good for me. 
I, uh, you don't know my background much at the moment, but I'm a, I'm a master at starting over. So going to a small town uh, was actually quite good for me. And it wasn't it wasn't for the rest of my life. It was just for five months. So I really enjoyed that. So the next thing I did is I got myself a dog. And I'm an Apple fan. So my dog's actually called Apple Eye Dog. And he's a real cool dog. He's still alive. He's nine years of age now. But that was one of the best things I ever did because I've got a story about... Uh, my dog Apple <laughs> and the difference he made in my life and um, I don't want to double up on my thoughts but what I did is I was feeling oh no I'll carry on uh, the next thing is oh here we go this is the story I wanted to tell you before I start waffling I uh, I said my mum always said if you want to find somebody nice in your life because the first thing you do when you go for a divorce is you're single and then you think, well, what would be cool would to get yourself back into another relationship because then you'd get what you thought was normal back. And I think that's the worst thing or the worst advice you could ever do. So you get on these dating sites, Tinder, um, in New Zealand we have one that's called uh, Find Someone, and you basically get on there and you go looking for another woman uh, or somebody to share your life with. And a lot of those people have only been separated for a short period of time um, and they don't, um, they really shouldn't be on there. And I was one of them. So what I did is I, I were on those sites and those sites allowed you to create events. So then I thought, my mum said, well, you know, you should always, um, just do what you like in life and you'll find other people that share the same interests. So I thought, well, why don't I put an event up instead of going to the pubs and drinking and and meeting for dinners and doing all that sort of stuff, why don't I put on a mountain biking event? So I thought at McCain's Island, we would run a mountain biking event, uh, which is a 15k circuit just by the airport in Christchurch. And um, to my surprise, a couple of people turned up for my event. And they were blokes. I really wanted to meet the woman, but blokes are cool. So yeah, oh, g'day guys, how are you going? You hear from the on the Find Somebody group? They said, yep, yep. So oh, great. So we went and did that. The next week, we did it again. Um, and this time we had three or four people and we did it for a couple of months and there was always six regular guys which are still friends with me today and um, they're really good friends um, and then one day I met this lady probably on um, find somebody and, and I said to her why don't you come along and go for a walk while we're all mountain biking and she said oh by myself and I said yeah <laughs> and I said oh I tell you what you can take my dog so Apple, she said, oh, okay. So I changed the event on this dating program, mountain biking and dog walking event. And to my surprise, 10 people and ladies turned up with their dogs. And they, the lonely people who were dating had dogs. So it was quite cool. And then I was sitting there with them because what we would do, would get there at 10 o'clock, go for a bike ride for an hour and a quarter, hour and a half, and they would go for a walk and they'd meet us back for coffees and we'd sit there to 12, 12.30. And then I said, oh, what are you guys doing um, tonight? And they'd, oh, 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 yeah, I think I'm going out with a friend or make up all these lame excuses. Well, I'm going to put on a potluck dinner. How about we all get together and have a potluck dinner? And um, so eventually I actually um, found this a better way to meet people. And, you know, some of the people that you meet in these social groups, when you first meet them, they may not, um, and this is the best thing about getting groups together. People uh, who are single, who, who are trying to find a partner or friends, don't help themselves much. 
They are so busy prejudging people they meet, and they have opinions about everything. So if you are opinionated and you want to tell people the negative or the sad stories about everything, stop it. Don't do it. I went and did a Dal Carnetti course, and one of the things they taught me which really stuck in my head was never criticise, condemn, or complain about everyone. Now, if you find yourself talking negatively about somebody or having an opinion, first thing the person listening to you will say is, um, will think, is I bet they're going to talk about me later on. So don't do it. Uh, and that's what I found with a lot of these social groups. We 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 got them bigger. Eventually, that social group, uh, I, I formed um, another social group on another platform. And if you are feeling lonely and sorry for yourself, stop it. Start doing things different. So there's a website called meetup.com. And Meetup is basically an event site for a lot of lonely people. And you can join it up, and then you, it says, what do you like doing? And you might go, well, I like mountain biking, uh, I like hiking, um, yeah, I like going out to the movies, I like dinners. And then it will put in front of you a whole lot of events that are local that you can go along and join in on. So this morning, um, this is 10 years later, I went to an event called Park Run, and they're worldwide, and they do these runs, um, 8 o'clock Saturday morning, and you can just go join in, it's free. But there was a meetup group that I went along to, and uh, there was only three of us, five of us eventually, who come along. So don't judge these groups because there's only a handful of people, because afterwards we all went out for a cup of coffee and a natter, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. But we were all strangers two weeks ago, and um, and then you know get people's numbers um, and go out and meet and do social things. You know, really try to become a better version of yourself, which may seem incredibly hard. And I said, you know, like, I, I'm, I, I lost 20 kgs um, when I got married. My wife was a smoker. And I said to her, I said, look, um, um, well, when I first met her, the first two weeks, it was really nice, and, and we got on really well, and we had a lot of fun. And I said, look, there's one thing that really bothers me is the smoking and um, she pushed the packet of smokes over the other side of the table. And um, and she said, oh, I'll stop. And I said, well, don't stop for me. Um, eventually, she did blame me for making her stop smoking. But she stopped smoking. She put on a little bit of weight. That can happen. But I was about 20 kgs too heavy at the time. So I said, look, you, if you do that, I'm going to lose some weight. So I went and uh, got an um, instructor. And I went to the gym three times a week with this guy standing beside me. Lost... 10 kgs um, basically within the first uh, six months and then it took another six months to lose another five kgs and there was a point there where I, I started not losing any weight <laughs> and I thought oh I, I really need and it felt like it was all worthwhile and you have your doubts and then I when we got our lifestyle property I remember over a three-week three week period of shoveling shingle from the riverbed and putting it in in um in the garden for some reason and that was where I lost the last 5 kg so it took two two years to actually lose that weight but I then I had so much more energy um, it overwhelmed me the amount of energy I had because I was one of those businessmen that um, I actually thought having a good gut on you looked like you were a successful businessman uh, so to lose that weight was quite a shock um, so 
you know, in saying all that, so it's all the social events. So our, I started up a social group and eventually we had about 500 people in the social group. And then other people suggested that we did things like quiz nights. Um, but one thing I did find by running the social group, what worked was doing things regularly. And that was really important. Uh, so we used to have, I think, about 21 walks. And we had nine or ten big hikes that we would do uh, once a month. We'd do a big hike. So except for December, we'd do 11 big hikes. Now when we're talking big hikes, we're talking about um, uh, Mount Herbert, uh, Mount Oxford, Richardson, uh, Mount Grey, Mount Thomas. And um, oh, there's a few others I can't come to mind right now. So people would say, oh, well, you know, all these social groups, I have to be an athlete. So then in between those uh, big walks, the fortnight walks, we would be a lot smaller ones. And then we'd just start people who thought they could never get into it. Because I was the same. I, I, yes, I used to be really um, physical and fit and healthy. I let myself go. Uh, but if you think that you can just carry on living that lifestyle, when you get to 45, 50, as a lot of my friends have, you start having heart attacks. So you need to make a change. You don't want to die. You don't, you know. So some of the weird and wacky things I've done to help myself: stop drinking, stop smoking, don't do it. It's 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 useless. It's it's not it's not accomplishing anything. I stopped drinking. Uh, my wife at the time, um, I said, "There's too much alcohol in the house," and she's, "Oh, you're the one with the problem." And I said, oh, "I'll stop drinking." So I was a sober driver for twelve months, and she didn't stop. <laughs> it's a funny story but just recently I thought um, I was work, I work in a really cool office and it's a shared office space uh, it's called Genius Co-working it's in Christchurch they just opened up another space and two of my mates uh, I, I was an instigator but 3.30 we go oh, let's have a beer and then I was finding myself uh, having a, a two beers every night and um, and I just thought, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So I gave it up uh, for 12 months. And I'm not sure whether, I've got two months to go, I'm not sure whether I'll start again. How, how about thinking outside the square? So um, the other one too is the dating stuff is something that we turn to when we're dealing with loneliness. Uh, you know, and one thing I used to hate is coffee dates at coffee culture. So I reckon um, I, I'm becoming a dating coach. And some of the stuff that I really want to help people with is... If you're lonely and you're sad and your life isn't where it wants, nothing worse than going out on a coffee date with somebody who's going to ask you all the things about your life that maybe you're not proud of. And I used to go away from these coffee dates feeling worse than I were when I went there. Because not only did I go to a coffee date and we weren't the right match, I just got interrogated by somebody who doesn't really know me. And I went out with one lady, and we're still friends now, and um, when I was there, um, she goes, oh, how come you haven't got a house? And I go, oh, well, when I went through the divorce, I, I wanted to keep my business, and I let my wife, um, you know, keep everything and it wasn't tied down. And she thought that was funny for some reason. And then she, um, she, she said, oh, what do you do for work? So I tried to explain that, and she laughed at that as well. And from memory, there was about five or ten questions that she asked me that were actually quite personal, and she was nervous, so she was looking for things to say, and I just felt like I was getting interrogated, so I just stood up and said, hey, look, I've had enough, and I just got up and walked out, so she follows me out and said, oh, sorry, and I and and um, and she was really upset, and I said, look, I just feel, I hate these coffee dates, I'm never doing one again, so if you are chatting to somebody on Tinder, or find somebody, and you want to meet, why does it have to be a coffee date 
And what I want to do is I want to set up an environment where people can go out with other friends. So that's part of my dating coach service is if you want to meet somebody, you tell them to come out with a couple of your friends. If you don't have many friends, it does make it hard. Meet in groups is my point. We'll meet in a real busy place. Don't meet at coffee culture. It does your head in. And maybe come up with five nice questions you can ask somebody rather than, and don't make them so personal. Uh, right. So the other thing I did was quite, I joined um, Rotary. Now, when I was in Rangura, there's uh, a Rotary club, and the average age of a Rotarian in my club was 71 years of age. Now, that may not be the ideal thing to do, being somebody at the time, I think I was 45, but I got so much out of Rotary uh, because they get you involved in the community, and also you get um, you get to be part of the community, and you get to meet a lot of other people, and it's also giving back. So there's lots of different organisations out there that you could join, you know, and, you know, you've got uh, the internet. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you can get on there and search for things. Go volunteer. My, my flatmate's going to Quail Island tomorrow, and they go out there. There's eight of them. They, they, the, pay, uh, the boat ride gets paid for, and basically they go out there and they plant um, stuff for a day. I've done that. You know, look for things that you can do in the community, uh, and that will help. And then build those relationships up with people. You know, exchange phone numbers with people. Don't go after, you know, like I was really hell-bent on finding a partner again. And now I have a partner. Um, but, you know, we just get on really well. It's really natural. And there's no pressure. Like today I spent the whole day at home and I I didn't have to tell her where I were or what I was doing. I got some stuff done. It was great. But don't go out there with the expectation to, um, like if you go to a party, I'll give you an example, and it says 20 people there, okay? And you go straight up to the, the, the lady that's lovely and she looks gorgeous and you really like to meet her. Don't do that. Um, and don't go for the jugular, <laughs> so to speak. If you want to meet somebody and you go to a party, go talk to the person you least want to talk to. And go up there, and, and the person that's in the corner who's struggling, go up and talk to those people. And then you'll get the peacock guy that comes in and he'll probably take that woman <laughs> that you liked when you first walked in. But she won't be the right person for you. So that's my little bit of advice. All right, what else do we do? Uh, yep, sorry, I, I ran quite a few potluck dinners, invited people into my house. I was fortunate enough I did have a house. Uh, I live in a flatting um, arrangement now. Uh, when I started my social um, group, I met a guy, James, and um, I was with the partner at the time, and he said, oh, if, you ever, um, if you're ever single again, it would be real cool to uh, have you as my flatmate. As a joke, he sort of said it. And now that's where I've been here for four years. So, I mean, if you are living in a house by yourself, um, you know, why not put yourself in a flatting arrangement? You know, why do you have to have the Kiwi dream and have your house and sit there and, and you know, put all your eggs in one basket? Why not rent your house out? You know, we all like our own space, and we're all... But do it just for 12 months. Don't be. Don't let the word change stop you from doing stuff. And change is one of the things when you're lonely, you really need to do. I think lonely people have so many opportunities that they are just unaware of it. Um, I met a lady a wee while ago who's trying to start up a business, and... Um, and, and she said, you just can't do it, just know what to do. And I asked her a personal questions. I said, how much debt do you have? And she said, oh, uh, oh nothing. 
and um, $2,000 on her visa. And I thought, wow, man, because um, I said, she's, to me, when I hear that, I think, wow, she's got so many opportunities. All she needs to do is not think too big, find some product or service to sell to somebody and make a profit. And then when she gets that formula right, boom, away she goes. So uh, my point, I don't know what my point was telling you that, but the point really is um, embrace change. Don't look at everything. Don't look at loneliness as a negative. You've got an opportunity to start new stuff. And if you are lonely, I'm pretty sure you've got a lot of time um, up your sleeve. So maybe you, you might want to start a business. Who knows? Uh, right. Fitness. You've got to be fit. And I'm not talking about being a marathon um, runner. Now, I'm fortunate enough, I've done four half marathons. And they nearly killed me. <laughs> and uh, I don't practice before I do them. It's part of my nature. However, what is fitness? Is There's mind fitness, there's body fitness. So I've got a friend of mine who's a dear friend of mine, and she she's doing an eight-week challenge. And I, I, I thought, great. And now she has to go to the gym. I don't know actually what the eight-week challenge, I'm making that up. But my, my thing, I had another friend of mine who was a big lady and probably 35, 40 kgs overweight. And what she did is she started walking. She'd get up in the morning and she'd walk around the block. And every now and again she'd walk around two blocks. And she just walked and walked and walked. Fitness can be as simple as just doing something you haven't done before. It doesn't have to be a mountain bike. It doesn't have to be a hike. Uh, when we were trying to get people up these walks, uh, my mate, one of my mates, my dear mate, he uh, gave up smoking. And one of the biggest hikes he did with us was what well, we we did Mount Richardson, and it's a big hike. And uh, he was going up there. He was a smoker, and he said his chest, his lungs were burning. And he said, um, and then one day he just went cold turkey and gave up smoking. And since that walk, he's done about fifty or sixty. Um, other walks and we've done some really pretty cool tramping he's done some pretty hardcore stuff even stuff I haven't done since then so embrace change uh, and uh, do get fit now if uh, I listen to audiobooks a lot and there's a real good one um, uh, Mel Robbins I think it's called Kick-Ass and she's got this thing that she talks about one two three do it no one two three five do it so if you're laying in bed and it's Sunday morning, and you think, oh, I should get out of bed. Count to five, get out of bed, and start doing something. Even if it's a walk around the block. You've got to make a start. Uh, right. The other thing I was really fortunate to, when I was doing all the social networking, is um, I started going to business networking groups because I'm self-employed. And there was a new one. I met a guy at the pub. <laughs> Funny enough, the pub that I went to every, every week. Uh, I met him about a year earlier because I'd stopped going to the pub. And he rang me up one day and he said, look, I'm starting up a new business networking uh, group uh, called Elite Six uh, in Rangura. Would you like to come along? So, yeah, sure. And I went along. It was new um, and it was really good because I'm used to working on a computer, hiding behind my screen, not having anyone to talk to. And then all of a sudden I've got this uh, th these business people which are in the community. So it's a perfect fit. And I went along and I really enjoyed it. About 12 months into it, the company behind um, Elite Six, which uh, was come up for sale. So then I had the opportunity to um, buy it, and they didn't. I managed to come up with enough money to buy it. And um, long story short, 
is it was a franchise and so I, I had something new to do I were now selling franchises and the franchise would be somebody would uh, start up a group say in Addington and then they would um, uh, share in the revenue that we'd get from charging for the membership fees so it sounded quite feasible <laughs> anyway that's evolved into we did have 14 franchises sold um, we had them in Auckland um, Queenstown um, Dunedin and then most of them were in Christchurch so and I had facilitators running them as well it was a real cool thing and it's still I love it it's part of something in my big part of my life now you can watch it on one of my other podcasts uh, so now I run all the meetings myself bar one meeting so a lady that was moved out to Leaston um, she had been a member for about a year and she said would it be possible for me to run my own group out uh, Leaston way so we call that the Selwyn group but eventually, instead of selling franchises, I did away with it, and now I run um, business networking groups around Christchurch. So I've sort of changed my whole focus, and I'm probably not, um, I'm still a high achiever, but I'm not, uh, oh, I've simplified my life a little bit more, and I really have focused on personal development. I mean, one thing I do do a lot of is um, I listen to audiobooks. Um, I can give you, or do another podcast another day, give you a whole lot of ones that you could listen to. But I like, and the reason why I listen to audiobooks is I'm kind of like a duck. And yes, you can be sitting on top of the water paddling like crazy. You may have heard of that expression before. But I, I need to work within the, in the top 10% of life. And if I get um, weighed down or I get negative things happening in my life, I just don't want to swim under the water. So that's why I listen to a lot of those motivational books. If I listen to one book for six hours and come away with one um, gold nugget, um, that can inspire me to do so much more. So my advice is to listen um, to audiobooks. Some of my favourites, um, I will mention another podcast coming up, but um, even uh, Flip It uh, by Michael, I can't remember his last name, but search uh, Flip It. It's, uh, it's turning neg- negative around to a positive and owning up to mistakes uh yes i talked about went flatting uh i started a meetup group if you haven't joined meetup yet uh uh, after listening to this podcast and you're lonely you're not helping yourself Um, stop being opinionated uh stop criticizing condemning or complaining about people uh, I, I have a goal, I have a big picture, I kind of live personally in five year increments, if I don't like my life I, I dramatically change it in five years things, so here's an opportunity for you if you're lonely, feeling sad for yourself, um, and that's okay, um, but don't wallow in it, uh, so I joined a group called National Speakers, and uh, that was an organisation that helped me groom myself to be a, a paid speaker. So I want to be a keynote speaker. I have done a couple, a bit, a little bit of keynote speaking. Uh, I want people to ring me up and say, hey, look, I'd love to hear uh, your story. Uh, uh, my story is actually about dyslexia and living life with dyslexia and overcoming obstacles. Uh, but National Speakers was an organisation that taught me how to use um, lots of uh, really good um, things. Like one, one of the best things they taught me was mind maps uh, because I, I picture my words rather than read them so even this podcast that i'm doing at the moment is from a blog that i wrote a wee while ago on battling uh uh, battling loneliness but it helps me have a um 
uh, I, I can draw a conversation and a picture rather than read the words. But anyway, reading the words, so let's see if I've got myself. So first thing I'd really recommend, associate yourself with like-minded people. Often that is not as easy as it sounds, but don't hang around people who are going nowhere because you'll be the same as them because they're hanging around like-minded people. Uh, And personally, uh, I I set myself some values. Uh, I don't tolerate negative people. Uh, I can't afford to be um, swamped down by them. Um, right, what am I trying to say here? And uh, a bit of tips about dating now. Now, what, you know Tinder, right? You sit there and you swipe. And you like the look of her, you don't like the look of her. And you go yes or no. And then you swipe and you find another one. You like the look of her, you do like the look. Do you know how I use Tinder? I go... Like, 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 like. And I like everybody. And then when those people come back to me and like me back, um, I chat to everybody. Because I think a lot of people need people to talk to. And a lot of people on these dating programs are um, lonely. And they they want to talk to somebody. And I've had some of the best conversations uh, with people who I may not like the bit uh, like their um, their photo. And guys, if you are on Tinder and you're judging somebody by a photo, or you ladies who are listening and you're judging somebody by a photo, pull your head out of your ass. How many times have I met a lady who I thought might, I might not be attracted to, and they were absolutely beautiful. Um, and and uh, if you get chatting to people, the personality will outpower the look any time. And if the lady that you meet is a little bit overweight or not motivated enough, she may be ready for a change. She may have let herself go a little bit. I let myself go. So don't uh, prejudge people and chat to anybody. And don't be mean to people. Be polite. Um, you know, Unfortunately, there are some people that may not... Um, be on these dating programs um, for the right reason. And they might be just going after a, a quick fix, so to speak. And it's okay to take your time in life. Don't don't be in a hurry. And, and, and I'm always trying to the people, you know, like, yeah, I, I was married for, I was together with my um, my wife for seven years. We're only married four. Um, we had a lot of fun. And as soon as I, I lost my marriage, I, I realized some really home truths. Like, I, I weren't in love. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, we don't talk uh, anymore. But I spent seven years with that lady, and she spent seven years with me. And I know she's not that bad of a judgment of character, and nor am I. Uh, and you know, it, sometimes things happen for a reason. And I would really want to say thank you to her because I were not. I, I live a far better life now that I've got my life back. And I think what we really need to do is become a better version of ourselves and really work hard at that and spend all your energy just being a good person. Today, I was washing my car and I've been watching this guy around the neighborhood. One of those guys, you know, who's got the old pram or get up and he's got the, uh, I don't know what you call that stuff, the um, stuff you don't want in your letterbox, the circulars. And he was uh, dropping that stuff around the neighborhood. So I stopped washing my car 
and walked over to him and said, oh, hello, how are you doing? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And he, and he goes, yeah, yeah, it's good. And, you know, he, uh, he's probably 55, he's a little bit overweight. Um, he had another guy with him, um, and I'm prejudging, so excuse me for this, but he didn't look like he was really uh, he, he kind of virgin homeless. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he's, and I've seen this guy, and I said, oh, I shook, I shook his hand, said, my name's Danny, good way to introduce yourself. He said, I'm Ray. And, uh, and then I said... Um, Something about running, we got talking, and to finish up, this guy said, "Oh, I can't run anymore. I've had two knee operations." And I, so you ask questions. So I said, "Oh, that's no good." And what caused your knees to be, um, you know, to go that way? I said, "What did, did you do, do sports?" He said, "Well, I used to play rugby," and he said, "But I used to be a runner." And I said, "Oh, all right." And then he finished up telling me that he all the runs he used to do, um, and he's done a full marathon. And that's something I haven't done myself. I don't know how people do that. So I, I complimented on that. And I said, well done. And I said, how did you get in the right mindset to do that? And he said, it was bloody hard. Uh, and it was just a brilliant conversation. And we actually talked for probably 15 or 20 minutes. And I learned quite a lot from him. But if I prejudged him, if I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really want to talk to the, the, the circular delivery guy. Uh, and, and if you are lonely, then go to a public place and, you know, talk to somebody. And when you're doing it, put a big smile on your face. And talk to somebody who's maybe 15 or 20 years older than you. Uh, I was in a music store the other day getting the wires for this podcast thing. And there's an old guy in there. And he was awesome, man. Have conversations with those people. You know, be proactive. And go out there and look for opportunities. So, you know, I, I live a really full life now, but 10 years ago, yeah, I didn't have a purpose. And I, I didn't have the right people around me. And I had to start over. Uh, but then I, I could draw a picture of the life I want, and then I can fill the gaps along the way. So what else can, wisdom can I leave you today? Um... I'm just reading the last part of my blog to see whether my blog, that's a hard case. Um, I might read you the last part. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, it says, so put your feelings and the pain in your heart to one side and start doing the grind. Join some local groups. Start helping others. Believe it or not, one day you will be so glad that... The events that made your heart feel like it was being scraped raw by a wooden spoon did actually happen. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed my podcast. And please share my podcast and like it because it does make a difference. And also put a comment because it will inspire me to do more. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Danny DeHeck and uh, I'm here to entertain you.